ladies and gentlemen, I can never wait to do this. It is always exciting to welcome you back to 1990 What? A fantastic podcast. Everything 90s, 90s nostalgia out the ears, in the nose, not the drugs. I am your host, Michael Kruzleski. With me today and every day is my co-host, Adam Jones. Adam! How's it going, Mike? Ah, it's been a good week. It's not... It's good to be here with you. It is fantastic as always. I've been looking forward to this very much. How have you been doing? Been doing very well. Making um, final preparations for the arrival of baby number baby four. Baby number four. Speaking of your children, Adam, and uh, my lovely woman reminded me to ask you about Shark Week. Your oldest is a huge oh, fan. Currently his obsession, which is ever-changing, but his current obsession happens to be with sharks. Adam... Did you and your son enjoy Shark Week this week? Shark Week was a major event in our household. And yes, we enjoyed it very much. Watched it pretty much every single day that it was on and um, learned a lot about sharks. Well, I learned a lot about sharks. Jack kept saying he already knew that. (laughs) It's like, this doesn't really teach me a lot because I already know all this stuff. But there was one pro- uh, uh, one program in particular that he didn't like very much because oh, no. it was about orcas killing oh, yeah. orcas, great white they sharks. Are, they are the mortal enemy of great whites. Little does your son know that orcas are friendly to human beings, but human beings are yeah. terrible to weren't, orcas. Weren't you at my house when we watched Free Willy? Yes. Yeah, we watched that together. Did right? your son? Well, did your boys watch that with us? Yeah, and they, they liked did. it. But um, since that time, he has learned that great whites sometimes fall prey to orcas, and orcas chew out their livers. And uh, he is now uh, very anti-killer whales. And now, uh, but wouldn't he appreciate, I mean, because orcas are incredible animals. They're very, very smart, intelligent. They're very mm-hmm. loyal. Right, They're right, very right. family-oriented. Is that something he does not appreciate? He, Mike, you got to understand, this kid would prefer a shark live to a human living. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. That's not a joke. Now, Adam's young boy is probably a little too young for the movie Jaws, but we did explain to him, or Adam explained to his son the ending of the movie Jaws. He won't watch it because he knows the great white dies in the end. And we tried to explain... That, that shark killed the shark, many people. It killed, it ate not even 20 minutes into the movie. With no it one eats inside. a little boy in front of his friends, and the mother was even there. And and I asked your son, what do you think of that? And do you know what he said? He said, well, the shark was probably really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and seals sometimes aren't large <laughs> enough to satiate the appetite of a great white. He said that. Yeah, so he's got a lot to learn. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Adam's son is a wonderful, wonderful young man whose obsession, the first time I met him when he was speaking, he was into plane, uh, small planes called Corsairs. Yes, the, the, next, the World War II aircraft Corsair. The Corsairs. And the next time I saw him, he was into tanks. And me and his father, my co-host Adam, built him... A tank of cardboard, and I am proud to say it was a success. But oh, since he, then, he still talks about that. Yeah, still plays with it too. Yeah, Shark Week, awesome, Adam. I, I I heard it. I heard it was great. I didn't get to indulge in it this week, but I heard it was fantastic. But and I'll have you know, the previous episode we talked about my brakes. Well, I just got the estimate back from the uh, auto people, and let me tell oh. you, ladies and gentlemen, it's like sitting on a porcupine. 
I got effed in the A. Oh no! It's not going to be seventy-five bucks. It's going to be upwards of seven hundred eighty. So it's more than just the brake pad. Oh, it is some bullshit. Like, that like you rotor just that's like you know, warped or, uh, know. Killer Tomatoes or Trimmers from the nineteen ninety movie Trimmers featuring Kevin Bacon and some other. Those sons of bitches must have come out of the ground and chewed my back brakes right up. Oh man, I'm sorry and to hear that. Yeah, it sucks. It's very disappointing. Uh, so you know. But it was windy today. The wind chill was good. Yes, another another nice week of cooler temperatures than we normally get this time of year. Welcome relief. It is a welcome relief. A lot of good traffic, a lot of bad traffic. I'm really bad at watching YouTube videos with negative things. And that's why I want to actually plug the new Mr. Rogers documentary that's been out for several weeks, maybe a couple months now. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, go check that? that out. Warm your heart. Warm your heart. Get get into the group. Get into positivity. And without further ado with positivity, let's get into the 90s. Let's get into the 90s. What's our discussion today, Adam? What are we talking about? August 5th, 1995. I'm sorry, 90 what? Um, 1995. 95. Which chart is this, my good man? Top mainstream rock songs. Ooh, we're doing mainstream yeah. this week. So far, to this point, we've been on the alternative chart. But alternative we're going mainstream. Going mainstream. I, I wonder if it will be as diverse. I've really loved the diversity of the past charts. We shall see. Let's go ahead and kick it off. First Num- up. Number 40? Number 40. Yes, this is a 40-song chart. Woo! At 40, we have the band live again with white comma discussion. I vaguely recognize this. This is also off the album Throwing Copper, the 1994 album. I'm not surprised. I don't know how many hits were on that album. Well, this is the fifth single from the eight times platinum album. Well, a little bit we, too, oh, go ahead. A little bit too melodramatic for me so far. I spent 12 weeks on this chart, peaking at number 12. I think it's funny that I just said something about melodrama when the 90s was kind of chock full of that. But most of it was... Oh, never mind. I don't like this politic talk. I don't know about it. <laughs> How do you think it stacks up to the other uh, major singles from this album? I don't so like far? this one as, as much. And I'm wondering how it performed compared to the others. The riff is not that bad, though. I, I, the riff is kind of cool. That first riff. But I don't like the. I think it's going to pick up here. Again, that is live with white discussion. You know, the thing about 
you know, it's as if they might have been going for kind of a Fugazi vibe. Are you familiar with the band Fugazi? I definitely know the name. I don't know their work too well. Yeah, the... um, We're going to take a pause for the cause. Ladies and gentlemen, we just had a quick pause to deal with some latency issues. It seems that we have fixed them. And we're just going to keep rolling. Oh, oh there they are again. Back. But you know what? Whatever. Okay, uh, so what I was talking about was the... I don't know. I felt like maybe they heard the first few Fugazi records from the 90s and you know, were a little bit inspired, perhaps. But that, I could be totally way off. But that was not my favorite live song. I didn't yeah. really like it compared to perhaps the other things I've heard. Yeah, it doesn't really hold its weight with those other ones there does it i don't think so no well that's all right they uh you know that was a monster album like i said eight times platinum so i think you know we can forgive them for that one maybe i don't know now we have the goo goo dolls with flat top Song, Mike? I'm not. I don't recall this. Immediately catchy, though. I gotta give the credit. This is really catchy already. Google Dolls, this guy, Johnny Resnick, real gift for writing some great radio Yeah. So, this is the Google Dolls' fifth album, A Boy Named Goo. It went two fifth times platinum. Yeah, I was pretty shocked to hear that this was their fifth album because their first four albums were not one of those. I didn't know that. I didn't know they were already five albums. It's just great pop. I mean, this is like Coolish. The monster hit name was also on this album. I've never heard this song. And, And I appreciate... I think Johnny Resnick has a great voice. Yeah. This so, three weeks on the charts for this, taking at number 38. It's funny, um, they've been a band since 1987, putting out albums. But no way, really? Yeah, all those had the bassist, Robbie Kakak, on the vocals. And I think songwriting duties, too. So, uh, when they started splitting time, having Johnny sing and write songs, that's when they found success. Wow. I didn't know that at all. Have you ever listened to a Goo Dolls album? I haven't. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with it being pretty good. I, I've, you know, a lot of the songs I've heard by the Goo Dolls have been really happy Yeah, the uh, Dizzy Up the Girl, their next album after this, uh, had huge hits like Slide and Iris and Black Balloon on it. And uh, so I bought that album. And all of the songs by Johnny were great, you know, like this, pop songs, that, um, very listenable. You could hear any of them on the radio, like Broadway was on there too. Yeah. But then all the songs by Robbie were kind of weird and, you know, didn't have that sheen that uh, And Robbie is the... Though. He's their bassist, their okay. trio. And he used to be the main main song. Yeah, for the first four albums. Well, there, that goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be on the radio, 
No hits, no grits. Let the handful guy sing. All right. Dugadal's spot top at number 39. Three that weeks, peaking at number 38. A little blip there. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I saw them in concert once with the Counting Crows. It was not in the 90s. This was back in, like, 2005. And uh, Counting Crows were great. The Goo Goo Dolls, I was actually really disappointed with their performance. It seemed very just bullshit. Uh, Johnny Resnick in the middle. Whenever someone, like the guitar player, would take a solo, he would come off of his designated platform and solo. Uh, Resnick constantly had to get guitars changed because of the open tunings, which... You know what? Oh, yeah, they do use a lot I, of open tunes. You know, whatever. I mean... It's hard to just, like, play along with a... Oh, it's hard to play the guitar for real. But, uh... I'm just <laughs> no, but, you know, with that said, like, the song like the song we just heard, I, I honestly... That that was, for me, it was kind of enjoyable. And, and I, I... The Goo Goo Dolls, I like them. But they're kind of like... you. It's almost like one of those bands you got to make an excuse to like. But you shouldn't. Excuses to bull- You know, I like what I like. You know, the song Candy by Mandy Moore, I like that song. I don't give a shit who knows it. And I hope, Can't I hope we review with it. it. Oh, man, I hope we get to that. It's probably like 1999 or uh, something. Yeah, late 90s? Yeah, those, really those late. Might have even gone into 2000s, which we won't even discuss that bullshit decade. This is Matthew Sweet with Sick of Myself. Now, we talked about Matthew Sweet and I believe, our first episode, and... Uh, wasn't one of his finest, but I really like this one. He's a great guitarist, writes these excellent pop rock songs. Did I like the first song by this guy? I don't think either of us loved it that much. Isn't that a great chorus? Now this is his fifth album, 100% Fun. Matthew Sweet is from Athens, Georgia, home of R.E.M. R.E.M.'s, yeah. I thought that sounded familiar. I don't know, dude. I don't know. 17 weeks on the charts, speaking at number 13. Let's hear that chorus one more time. There should be vocal harmonies, uh, and and a lot of the course not just there. I might I might I might like it more. I'm into it. Have you ever heard a song "Girlfriend"? That sounds somewhat familiar. It's another great one. Matthew Sweet. Coming in at number 38 there. That was all right. 
I don't know, dude. It was it was great, Mike. Yeah, you know, I, I I'd rather talk to the mailman, <laughs> the local mailman. We, well, you do have a very interesting mailman. You gotta you gotta admit. I th- I saw him today walking my dog. He was a Grateful Dead looking son of a bitch. If I ever saw one, <laughs> let me tell you. Looked like he enjoyed himself, and it was a breezy day, like we said earlier. He was probably having a great day. My dog shat all over herself right in front of him. Oh. Uh, she's scared of everything. Well, that's cute. It is, unless you have to walk her every day. Have you ever heard of a band called Monster Magnet? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I hope it's the song that... It's not. No. But that's fine. This is Negasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> you hear that flange? Yeah. Flange. <laughs> like the most blatant flange I've ever heard. This is from the album Dopes to Infinity. Dopes to Infinity. Good Lord, that's a lot of flange. I mean, Space Lord. I mean, Good Lord. So an X-Men character was named after this song. Megasonic Teenage Warhead. Really? She's a major character in the Deadpool movies. I mean, flange is definitely the takeaway from this song, right? Maybe the guy just got a flange pedal and thought, oh shit, dude. Kind of like how in the song Stand by R.E.M., the guitar solo on that is nothing but wah-wah, because apparently the guitar player, Mike Buck, had just gotten his first wah-wah pedal. Uh, Sorry to totally take attention from Monster Man. Well, there's not a lot going on with it. It's, no, I don't like it. It's it's really regular. This is, yeah, no, this just sounds really regular. So, since there's not going on, uh, not a lot going on musically, interesting that there was an X-Men character named after this song, and there was another song on this album called Ego the Living Planet. Which was about another Marvel character who is Star Lord's dad in the comics and in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Huh. Maybe there's correlation, and maybe the um, maybe the comic writer who named that character found it because of that ego song. I don't know. Big fan of Monster Magnet. So that was number thirty-seven, Negasonic Teenage Warhead from Monster Magnet. And this is the mainstream billboard? Mainstream? Wow. Yep. Congrats, Monster Top Magnet. mainstream rock songs. August 5th, 1995. Oh, save your money, Monster Magnet. Save it. Okay. You know this guy. I'm afraid I don't. I don't know. Who, who the hell is this? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh. Whoever it is can't get it together. <laughs> up in oh, the God. <laughs> this, this is great. Hold on one second, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's try this one more time with someone I've never heard of. Adam, I don't understand. 
Um, you think I know this I, guy? I'm pretty sure you've heard of him. What number is he clocking in at? Let's see. We're at number 36. 36. And Mike claims not to know Dave Matthews Band. Oh, I thought this was the Rob Thomas experiment. This is Ants Marching. Despite so our it was technical on the, difficulties. It was on the Ants movie soundtrack, you said? For the movie Ants? Uh, I No, it was not. I'm just kidding. This is from, a, this is from the album Under the Table and Dreaming. Six times platinum. I'm a fan. I am. I was joking earlier. I was fibbing. I'm a big fan. You got me. There, there have been, you know, I go in and out of this Dave Matthews. People make fun of him and say he's fratty. He's a hippie. The bullshit that they say. I like them. Some of the songs are funky as hell, and they throw down like a son of a bitch. Do you like this one? I I I do, but it's honestly not my favorite. But you have to give Dave Matt. I mean, you get, come on, we gotta give him credit. There is no other artist like him, especially at the time. I mean. Very different. 18 weeks, or sorry, 17 weeks on the chart, peaking at number 18. This is produced by Steve Lillywhite of E2, Rolling Stones, Fish, Fame, etc. For all those fans. Thank you, Steve. Was that his name? Steve. Steve, Steve Lillywhite. Steve, that's some pretty good work. You too, Dave. I saw Ants a documentary March. about... What, what's up? Just saying the title again oh. before I fade it down. <laughs> Ants I'm Marching sorry, by Dave Matthews Band. That was awesome. I did. I saw a documentary of their uh, Before These Crowded Streets album, and I, and I enjoyed it. I thought every member was very nice. They seemed like a good group of guys. It was really cool. Next up, there's a British band called Catherine Wheel with the song Way Down. Oh, don't ask me because I don't know. This was produced by Gil Norton, who produced Foo Fighters' Color in the Shape. Oh, wow. I've never heard this. Eight weeks on the charts, peaking at number 24. I have an interesting problem with this. What's that? The vocals are too apparent. There's not enough mystery. They're they're too accented. The vocalist is too accented. Like he's he's trying too hard. That's what I feel right now. You prefer it like more buried down in the mix. I feel that also his vocal stylings, it, it just sounds like he's trying to be noticed. This, uh, like right there, that yelling, that's not necessary. Just give it an instrumental interlude. 
And you hear the attitude? That's bullshit attitude. That attitude is fake. I don't believe you. What's the name of this band? This is Catherine Wheel. Catherine, uh, you're a bitch. I don't, I don't like it. The front man is named Rob Dickinson. Rob, you're a dick and he son. He is the cousin of Iron Maiden front man, Bruce Dickinson. Hey, you know what? Uh, one rock star in the family is enough. Get a job, asshole. This song sucks. We're going to say that's enough for number 35. Oh, 35. Catherine Will with Way Down. Oh, like 35. Let's turn Catch it yourself way down. <laughs> that was shit. I hated it. Easy pun there. <laughs> I really hated that shit. <laughs> I didn't think you'd like that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think you'd like it. No, I, I was pretty sure. Oh, man. Oh, that guy, that guy sucked. What a bag of dicks. Have you ever heard of Mad Season? I have, yeah. This is River of Deceit. This number is number thirty-four. They're considered a super group. Yeah, big time. I gotta say, they're really depressing. Yeah, especially when you consider the story. Um, I don't know I, how I much don't you know, know about story. that. No, no, tell me. So we've got Mike McCready. Okay. Um, a Pearl Jam guitarist. Yeah. yeah. Um, he went into rehab where he met. John Baker Sounders, who was a bassist for a band called The Walkabouts. Okay, so this was in 1994, and when they returned to Seattle after rehab, they decided to get to, be- to get together and start playing music together with Screaming Trees drummer Barrett Martin. So they started rehearsing together and writing material. Um, Mike McCready called uh, Lane Staley from Alice in Chains mm, to a very to depressing sing. guy. Yeah. So he uh, wrote a bunch of songs for him. Mike McCready was hoping that, you know, being around these other sober musicians, uh, fresh out of rehab, would would help Lane Staley stay sober. But uh, sadly, we know that no, no, I didn't. Yeah, Lane, great singer. I like it. I like it. I don't have a sympathy for heroin addicts though. If they die, good riddance. Just find a new singer. That sounds kind of kind of harsh. Nah, who cares? No? Whatever. Oh, I don't really care about your problems. If it's hard, it's hard. Deal with it. You know. Who cares? Yeah, Lane Staley died in 2002, around the time I was getting ready to graduate. Uh, I've heard a couple songs by Mad Season. They're kind of airy, like what we're hearing now. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a kind of dick mood. I feel like I'm really... Kind of giving a lot of shit to these bands that I don't like. Let them have it. But like right now, there's no there's no real stability in the vocal line right now with Lane Staley. Maybe, but maybe that's the thing. Like these guys are taking their their chance to really just experiment. But well, that's fine. You know, they're rich rock stars. Let them do what they want. Yeah, I think there's. I really a love bit their that. respected bands that they're in. I do. I like Alice in Chains. I like. Yeah, like Streaming Jam. Trees. No, in fact, I think the song Nearly Lost You is a piece of shit song, and I've, I've never heard anything that I like by them. But, you know, the other, the other guys in the other bands are good. This is depressing, and I don't like it. That was number 34, Mad Season, <laughs> River of Deceit. Gold album, Above. Two, uh, oh, gold? Only gold, huh? Yeah, not gold platinum? No, no, not platinum for this one. <laughs> no, not enough people are into sadness. 24 no. weeks on the chart. Hey, maybe, Peaks guys, why, why don't you go kill yourselves? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. Well, that's, that's what that's all those musicians funny. do, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. That's, that's messed up. I like this song. Oh, we would consider these local guys, would we not? Yes, this is a Dallas group. I remember the shit out of this song. 
Tripping Daisy, I Got a Girl. I don't like this song, but I appreciate it. I kind of categorize this with like Peaches by Presidents of the United that States of America. That is perfect. Perfect. But I do love that song, though, and I love that band. Or, oh, also like Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes. Yes. Same category. Blister in the Sun by Violent Bullshit. I have the same problem that I had with that other song, the vocalist. I have the, but I appreciate the silliness, though. Like, this this, this yeah. I'm fine with. These guys, kind of tongue-in-cheek, don't take it too seriously. Quirky stuff. Yeah. Um, have you ever Ooh, seen... See that? See, see the harmonies there? That was great. That was great. Have you ever seen the video for this? I've never seen it, no. It's kind of weird, uh, but the best thing about it is Beavis and Butthead... Uh, yeah. you know, have a great oh, clip. Yeah. You can find it on YouTube of them making fun of this video. Great show. Very hilarious. Mike Judge. Love Mike Judge. Everything Amazing. He does. And you know, he was in Silicon Valley. I think he was trying to be a, in, you know, computers or some shit. Yeah. Like for like his ideas for office he also, space. And yeah, and he's writing, you know, writing the show Silicon Sil- Valley, yeah. which is hilarious as shit. All right, six weeks on the charts for Tripping Daisy, peaking at number six. Don't mind the song. Don't like it, but I don't mind it. I like it. I got a girl. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're a Dallas band. I, I mean, I never like seen them or anything. So I haven't either. There are other good DFW bands though that made it really big. That I really like even more than that particular band. Oh, oh, I think I know. This yeah, you know this. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh oh, lawnmower. Here we come. Mow the grass. <laughs> Cut that goddamn grass. That's what my dad was telling me around the time when this song came out. Son, get your ass out there, clean up the dog shit, mow the lawn. So shut up, Dad. Bush is on the radio, and I want to listen to it. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I like this song. I want to listen to it, too. But right at when it's done, you drink your Kool-Aid and get your ass out there. I don't care how hot it is or how your allergies act up. What were you going to say, Adam? I keep interrupting. Go ahead. Keep going, man. Nah. I like this song. And I like this band. And I don't give a shit if they're a rip-off of Nirvana or whatever. This is Everything Zen by Bush. Oh, another album that had a shitload of hits on it. It did. Really good album. I, I, I do. I like this album. I do. Some of the songs I'm a little tired of, but... Yeah, I, I kind of feel that same way. But this, this is actually one that I haven't heard that many times. Six times platinum for the album. Ooh, here's here's down. an interesting. I'm sorry, man. I keep. I feel like I keep doing that. But an interesting thing about Bush, around the same time, Oasis was gaining in popularity too. But here's the difference between Oasis and Bush. Bush toured the entire mainland United States up and down. They did not just tour the West Coast and East Coast. Oasis only toured the main cities on the West Coast and the main cities on the East Coast, particularly in New England. Bush didn't do that. They went to Kansas. They went to Montana. They went to bullshit Idaho. They went everywhere. 
and that is why I think they sustained greater popularity in the United States while Oasis kind of really didn't. They just kind of fell fell off after what destroyed Morning Glory. I mean, they continued to be dominant in Europe, but Americans didn't give a shit about them. And that's why I think Bush honestly did better commercially, I think. I, I think. I've heard that, though. I might be wrong, but... I don't know that I'd really trust the Gallagher brothers, though, in, like, Iowa. Uh, I think the Gallagher brothers are overrated, and I think the hatred for each other is childish. And bull- Honestly, if those guys were to become deceased, I'd be like, yeah, their children are better off. They should find better mentors than the fathers that they biologically have. So that was Bush with everything Zen. You know, the uh, when Gavin Rossdale started dating Gwen Stefani? I remember that. The other guys in the uh, in the band called the song Everything Gwen. <laughs> yeah, they uh they're good with puns. <laughs> I like Bush. Oh, a, another by some unknown guy you keep telling me to be into. I don't know who the hell this is. You know who that harmonica player is? Damn it, I do. Yeah, everybody. Nobody else sounds like that. Uh, what's his name though? I don't know his name. John Popper. John. Po- That's right. John Blues Popper. Traveler. John Popper has lost some weight. Or yeah, least, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is actually a song I, I really do enjoy. I, I really like this song. The harmonica solo is, dude. Yeah. I tried to learn it on guitar. I can probably play the shit out of it, but I just kind of gave up. <laughs> but I could probably do it if I if I kept going. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked a bit about Dave Matthews already, but what really stands out to me in this song is that harmonica. I mean, I, I, I like harmonica, and there's I was nobody like that break. plays like John Pop. Oh, yeah. I like this song a lot. This is, I, I always really enjoy this song. Twenty-six weeks on the charts, peaking at number five for this one. Peaking at number five, wow, way up. I'm gonna go ahead and trade this down. Keep on moving. That was number thirty-one. Dave Matthews Band with "What Would You Say." Thirty-one. I like Um, it. I like this song. Dave Matthews, man. You know. Dave, I, a few episodes back, I talked about the comfort that I felt when uh, listening to Black Hole Sun because of the, uh, I felt like it was the beginning of me really enjoying music right. and, and enjoying, it, maybe maybe it was just a good thing. Like I was traveling with my family. I, lo- I loved doing that. And I was really happy with what we were doing, where we were going, the time of day, the crisp air. Dave Matthews, I started listening to him and was introduced to him during some good times. Sometimes you just you you're introduced to certain musicians or bands in good times of your life, you know. And it's just sometimes you always you, associate you, the music. Yeah, you know. You I wonder if that sometimes dictates how you feel about. Oh, it. definitely. Like definitely. maybe maybe you wouldn't like it otherwise. But there's I I remember well, you know, n- not a '90s band, but I wanted to hate the Beatles. 
so bad. I wanted to. I wanted to hate them. I was really, really into punk rock, hardcore punk rock, and I wanted to hate the Beatles. And let me tell you how powerful the Beatles are. I got a copy of a friend of you and I, who I really hope joins us on this show once or twice, and then maybe doesn't because I'm afraid he'll dominate the conversations. But he lent me a copy of the CD one, which contained all of their number one hits. Oh, yeah, this yeah. CD was scratched to to bullshit. It was it didn't work. Even listening to the scratched, mercilessly skipping songs, they wouldn't even play straight through. But even that, I was like, man, these are fantastic. Um, yeah, Dave Matthews, um, good vibes. Yeah, I, I remember Saturday is just. Having my headphones on, listening to some Dave. Have you ever seen Dave live? No, but I, I I'm not the kind of fan that enjoys the you know the hit songs elongated for 20 minutes. I don't like that shit. I just yeah, want to hear I want to hear the song for three and a half to four minutes, and then I want to hear another song. I don't want jam sessions. I don't want any of that shit. If I wanted to, I'll, I'd like the choice, but I've because I've heard is you know he'll, he'll play <laughs> Crash for. Yeah, a half an hour. I don't want to hear that shit for half an they hour. Get in the jam band territory for sure. No, I don't want to do that. No, that's crap. Yeah, I saw him with my brother, uh, who was a pretty big Dave Matthews fan here in Dallas in 2006, I think. I remember your mom telling me that she th- she thought maybe you and your brother had gotten a contact high. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts, but there was more weed on the lawn of that show than, you know. Yeah, well, you know, do you think that maybe you were... I don't think it really happened. We were joking about it, though. I don't know, Adam. I, I Your mom was convinced. Maybe we got a little weird that night. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this one's a slow burn for sure. This is called Stars from the Band Hum. Oh, I know this. You know this song? Yeah, I do. I, I do actually I know did this not song. know this one at yeah. all. Is it playing... It's playing. It is a slow start. Slow burn. There it is. There's the guy. There's the nerd. There's the geek. Have you seen this guy? Uh, I watched a clip of the video. Uh oh, here it comes. Oh, I'm about to get hit in the face for making fun of him. Shit. Oh, damn it, man. That geek hits hard. Fuck, my nose is bleeding everywhere. Asshole. Let's go play D and D, punk bitch. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm so sorry. So we've got 28 weeks on the chart, peaking at number seven. Are you serious? It peaked yeah. at number seven. 28 weeks. Because I don't really like this song that much. I- It's just so much distortion. It's a lot of distortion. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. There's honestly listening to it. A lot it it, it, it kind of rocks. There's a you know. So it was in a Cadillac commercial about I don't know like ten years ago or so. The uh, the production is really. For the vocals, it's really, it's like totally opposite of what I was saying about the song that I thought was um, stupid. 
Like, that's so lo-fi. I also found a Beavis and Butthead video for this one, but it wasn't as funny. Oh, it's not as funny? Well, you know, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know, Sunny Day Real Estate or... I never like, liked them either. People the like them. Kids. People like them and they just sound kind of pathetic to me. The Get Up Kids sound like a shitty roller coaster ride to me. Yeah. Like one nobody rides. People just keep it up because they feel sorry for it. That's what the Get Up Kids are. Uh, this band, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so harsh to them though. I put it on like, like a playlist of forgotten '90s songs. I, I'd put it on at a party too, but I'd walk out of the party for five minutes, <laughs> have a beer, and throw up all over some dumb bitch, and then go back in the party and have some Cheetos. <laughs> All right. That's about enough for you, hum. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that is on the album You'd Prefer an Astronaut. See that? Those dudes, they're not even confident, you know. If you want to get with a woman, you need to kind of sell yourself, not go out to dinner. Oh, I don't know, Shelly. I just I just feel like you'd prefer like someone go slap the shit out of that beta bitch. Take his woman to a fancy date and treat her like a wonderful lady. And be a man about it. Oh. The number two selling album of the 1990s behind Metallica's Black Album. And honestly, one of my favorite records. I love this woman. I love her. I gotta say, so do I. Hell yeah. We might gush just like we did for Green Day. Dude, no, this record. Oh, yeah. Listen to that bass line. Flea. Flea on the bass. Listen, listen to this pre course right here. Listen to shit. What's the what's the album? Jagged Little Shill. Uh, pill. Jagged She's not pill. quite as well. She thought you should know that, Joey. Here's my lawyer, you son of a bitch. Well, there's a ton to say about this song. Um, 19 weeks on this chart, peaked at number three, but it went to one on. Can I charts. can I pause just for a second? Let me just pause. For Oh, oh. <laughs> but here's here's the reason why I wanted to play that part. It exhibits anger, you know. And this album, this album was really known for really really portraying the frustration that Alanis was really feeling. Yeah, not holding back at all. Not holding back. I I really love this album. There's a lot of really wonderful songs on it. Yeah, tons of hits on this album. 35 million copies sold of Jagged Little Pill. Are you serious? Yes. And this single album has sold more records than Beyonce 
in her whole career. Oh, really? Oh, then Beyonce? Yeah. Oh, the overrated bullshit singer right now that everybody thinks is the queen? Are you stupid? <laughs> the queen lives in England, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> Beyonce's not the queen. She's just some dumb bitch pop star. Stop talking about her, for Christ's sake. And her husband's just another rapper. Eminem is a better rapper. Listen to his music. Anyway, let's listen to Alanis. Top the charts in 13 countries. This is the first single. It's not... Okay, so the album was nominated for nine Grammys, winning five of those, including Best Rock Song, Best Female Vocal for You Oughta Know, Album of the Year, Youngest Artist to Do So, until 2010 when Taylor Swift won the same Star-studded lineup. Yeah. Flea plays bass. Dave Navarro on guitar. And Ben Montpinch from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers plays organ on this song. No way. And wasn't Taylor Hawkins the drummer? Um, not on, not in the studio for this Dave song. Navarro, I had no idea he was on. Might as well finish it out, right? Oh, yeah. This is a great song. I love this song. Is number 29. Peaking. Peaked at three on this chart. Peaked at three on this Went chart. Went to one on others. Ah. I like the first song on this record too. I can't remember what it's called. The the guitar like down 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 down. All I really want. All I really want. Yeah, yeah love that song. Uh, so yeah, so many great, great songs. This is a really really good. I mean, dude, I'm probably gonna listen to this whole album tomorrow. It's a great album. Love it. I do remember seeing that in a book. It was the number two selling record in the 1990s. And I wasn't surprised. I was very happy. I love Alanis Morissette. And she had later songs that were great, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kept it going. The, the, um, whatever that song was from the Nicolas Cage movie about angels. That was a big hit, too. Another, like, monster hit. Thank you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Wanderlust with I Walked. What number is this? We're at number 28. This is a Philly band, Philadelphia. The album's called Prize. They were dropped from their label while recording their follow-up album, and so I don't think they were ever really heard from again. I've never heard this. I, I don't know this song. Ten weeks on the chart, peaking at number twenty-eight. I got a problem with it. What's that, Mike? Well, I don't. I don't know if I can verbally illustrate it, but I do have a problem. I don't like the guy. I don't like him. I don't like the chorus. The chorus is better than the verse. Though. It is. You're right. I agree. But it'd be like, Mike, would you like to? Would you like a piss shake or a shit sandwich? I'd like say. This could. This could be like. 
Toad the Wet Sprocket or something like that. Oh man, Toad the Wet Sprocket. That was so much better though. That is Wanderlust. I watched. Yeah, not not the best. I didn't I didn't really care for it, but I don't feel like saying anything too vicious about it. So, oh man, that's gonna good be, job, guys. It's gonna be hard to find a spot to drop the needle on this next one. We've got the Black Crows with Wiser Time, nine and a half minute song. Come on, Black Crows. Seriously. They get into that, like, Almond Brothers thing. Yeah, here. yeah, they do. The album is called Amorica instead of America. Oh, the one with the panties on the front cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got in trouble for that. Had to censor it at a censor major it. retailers. Major retailers. Uh, a lot of Black Crows songs I really like, but I do not recognize this song. And I don't, I wouldn't, as much as I've listened to them and like some of their songs, nine minutes is uh, too long. It's a lot to ask, you know? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Black Crows, you can eat a dick. I'm not listening to any of you your songs. You get into that, that jam long. band stuff on this one. Oh, yeah. God, jam bands. Jesus. I mean, don't you think this could easily be the Almond Brothers band? It definitely influenced, yeah. So that was Wiser Time at number 27. <laughs> a nine-minute nine song, and you, you let <laughs> it run yeah. for maybe like 55 we've seconds. Had it, we've had enough of that. Thank you, Adam. I have had enough of that bullshit. Black Crows, uh, give me something better. That shit was terrible. Fuck you. <laughs> this is Pink Floyd, Mike. Oh, no way, from The Division Bell? Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah, they're 1994. But this is from the live album, Pulse. Is this What Do You Want From Me? It is. Oh, David Gilmore. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, he's really good. Talk about a guitarist. Oh, he's great. You recognize right away. And I always liked his voice, too. I like the songs he sang. I think that it's amazing they were able to reinvent themselves in the 80s and then again in the 90s, even though I, I'm not a huge fan of their 1980s or 1990s records. Right. But, you know, they're an important group. They are. And I, I, I remember this song. I, I did like this song. I, I like it. Yeah, I've got the uh, DVD of this concert. It's always a great watch. They were really great with being careful about their live production on, obviously, their oh, yeah. production legendary, studio. Legendary live I think the relationship problems between the members is also bullshit too that's so stupid acting like a bunch of celebrities I wish their homes would burn down and they would have to fend for themselves together for years then we'll see about all that petty bullshit after that 
like Don Henley. Don Henley, if you ever listen to this, you're an asshole and nobody fucking likes you. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. Get out of Texas. Get out of America. Hey, guess what? The Eagles, you're a lightweight pop rock band. You're not important. You never will be. And that's probably why you resent everybody, you stupid son of a bitch. Glenn Frey, I'd say the same thing to you, but you passed. God bless you, and God bless your family. But uh, Don Henley, uh, suck a dick. You're an asshole. Uh, Pink Floyd, great band. More of a Felder fan? Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Even if he isn't, at least he plays the nice guy well in interviews. Don Henley sitting there... Like, he sounds like a Wall Street... You, you, you see him talking, you think, dude, are you a Wall Street 80s guy? I mean, what, what's with your attitude? He's a piece of shit. He's just he's just a lightweight songwriter who thinks, that, who thinks that his band was important. Really? They're just some... They're the Eagles. I mean, come on. People joke about... Even the Big Lebowski. You know, the Eagles are... They're just a joke. Yeah, sure, they write great songs and they're memorable. It's like, come on, you guys are not heavyweights. You're just popular and you're famous. It's cheap. You've seen that documentary, right? Yeah, and I really liked it. I thought it was very entertaining. But I don't think they're in... I don't, really don't think they're that important. I really don't. I don't think they're an important rock band. They're just a popular one. There are a lot of popular rock bands. And Henley's just mad about it. He's just a piece of shit asshole who's mad about it. He's nothing special. I I'd rather talk to a mechanic than talk to Don Henley. That guy can choke on a rib, piece of shit. Go ahead. When I, was in a, when I was in college, I got a, an email from our mutual friend, Andrew. I love that guy, Andrew. He was updating me on pretty much everybody at home and said something about everybody, you know, kind of like list style. The one and only thing he said about you in that correspondence was Mike Dash. Likes Pink Floyd now. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no, um, I have no excuse for the way I was in high school. I treated Andrew very poorly uh, some years in high school, and he did not deserve the way I treated him. Andrew uh, has always been a good friend, better than I even realized at the time. And uh, I feel sorry. There are many people that have actually told this. Like, man, I, uh, there's a friend of mine that I had. He was my oldest friend. And there was a certain time in my life when I really treated him badly. And uh, I, I, I could not feel more awful about it. Uh, Andrew, Andrew's just, he's one of those guys that, he's just a very loyal friend. And I just, I was too much of a piece of shit to notice. And I, um, yeah, he was- I, 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 th- I think about the times when, about the people that I was hanging out with. And I think about, um, you know, gosh, you know, I could have been hanging out with Andrew. Yeah. He's a way cooler guy. I was just, dude, I was just, I was just a piece of shit. I was just a son of a bitch high school kid. He was my, my closest friend my last couple of years of high school. And, um, yeah, definitely a great guy. Uh, I'm, I'm sure love that guy. You know, he holds nothing against you. I hope not. I, I love seeing, every time I see him, I love it. Uh, yeah. I absolutely love it. I, I'd like to go visit him in, in New York. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. His family, too, is awesome. His little brother. Awesome. This is Better Than Ezra at number 25. A Louisiana band. The song is called In the Blood. Good band. Shitty State. Oh, yeah. You know a little bit about Louisiana. Yeah. Shitty State. Uh, people are cool. No offense to the people there. But, hey, man, get your government to fix the fucking roads. Seriously, you guys deserve better. 
the people in Louisiana are very nice. They're good people. They do not deserve those shitty roads. I drove through Louisiana recently. Oh, man. Hope there you were it. some bad roads. It's terrible. I've never heard I don't know this song. Platinum album, Deluxe. 19 weeks on the chart, peaking at number six. That's what I love about this list, dude. I've never heard this. I've never heard this. Yeah, most people only know that song good. Honestly, you know, when we talked about doing this show, I wondered if it'd be a good idea because I thought, ah, it's gonna be a bunch of stuff I've already heard. But most of this, more than half of it, I've never heard. It's been a, it's been a real treat. You know, I think what we need to do, Mike, is put together some Spotify playlist of like forgotten songs of the '90s. And yeah. Maybe like a monster hits, or, you know, that you ought to know, and things like that go on. Oh, you ought to know. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. But there's something unassuming about it. Like, it, I'm not offended. I don't like it, but I'm not offended. I don't mind. But I can't give it credit for silliness. There were songs on this list that I didn't like, but I'd give silly credit to. This song does not get oh, silly credit. But I will not. We've I'm not got one of those on coming it. up for sure. Oh, man. Not next. Better than Ezra. Hey, you know what? I saw them live, and they were a treat. They oh, were. when was that? Uh, not that long ago. Maybe, maybe four years ago, five years ago, when I was, I was living in Louisiana before I moved out to Los Angeles, California, and slept outside. Are, are you telling me he once lived in Los Angeles? Los Angeles, California? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Adam, I did. There are people that believe that I'm actually from there, and I've done nothing to deter that. I've, I've only milked it. There are people that somebody started the rumor or I don't know story <laughs> that I'm uh, from a means of wealth, a uh, trust fund kid. And people, I I don't I don't even know. I mean, I've heard that. I, people have come up to me. They've asked me about that. They've they've commented, and I, I'll never tell you whether or not it's true or not. There there may be evidence to support it or deny it. Your secret might get out. I don't know. It might. Um, a- ask me how much I pay for my, uh, for whatever. Just name a bill. Mike, uh, how how much did you pay for uh, for your laptop? <laughs> uh, what know. did it like? Put a pretty big dent in your wallet. <laughs> a dent in my wallet. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> no, I didn't pay for my laptop. I'm very thankful for it. It's a very nice laptop, and uh, I treat it well. Now, what number is this? This is number 24. The band is called R.E.M. Huge fan. The song is Strange Currencies. Dude, and 
I feel like I've been talking through a lot of these songs. Let's just listen to this one for a second. Just for a second. I like R.E.M. I really like them. And, and their band, didn't they have, they, they began in, when did they start? Like in the 80s, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like their career has peaked several times. That's how great they are. Like, they, they keep coming back, you know? Like, some people think of them as a 1980s band. Yeah. I think of them as a 1990s band because of, like, losing my religion and a, all of the things they did in the 1990s. Some people think of them as a 2000s band. There was that, that sugar cane, that tasted right. good. That yeah. came out in, like, 2003 or something. I mean, they are great. And they've had their, you know, they've had really great songwriting ability, songwriting power for a long time. A really unique sound. Yeah, I, 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 I love R.E.M. I think they're a great band, and I think that they're a band that a lot of groups really want to emulate because they've had an incredible career. This is from the Four Times Platinum album, Monsters. This is the third single from that album. They almost didn't put it on the album because uh, they thought it sounded too much like Everybody Hurts. It honestly, when it started, I. I thought it was like some kind of remake of that song, but uh, now that it's playing, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, no, yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, you can definitely song. hear it. It, it sounds like everybody hurts. Everybody hurts is a great song. Oh yeah, thirteen weeks on the chart, peaking at number eight. That's, you know that album. You ever go to a used record store and see a dozen copies of Monster by REM? I do see a lot of REM at used record stores, and and I don't feel like that's you know any disrespect to the band because I think that their fan base is quite enormous and continues to be for good reason. Yeah, I've heard but some theories about why there's so many copies of that particular album. What what are the theories? Um, just that the you know basic stuff like the the record label thought it was going to be like a diamond seller, but. That wasn't quite the case. Well, record labels Based are... Based on their previous album sales. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, R.E.M., you, they come and they go. But, man, when they when they come out again, shit, hold on to your ass. I will, Mike. Hold on. That was number 24, Strange Currencies by R.E.M., Next up, okay, and you said something about being silly. This isn't silly. That was 24? Yes, this is number 23. Winona's Big Brown Beaver by Primus. You ever heard this? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, I've heard this. Nine weeks on the chart. Pizza number twenty-three right here. The gold album. They, they're Punch enjoyable. The they are enjoyable. This is enjoyable. I love it.
What is Primus? I, I don't know. I, Les Claypool, the guy who tried out for Metallica, didn't get it, which is fine. I appreciate Primus. This is a gold album called I, Tales from the Punch Bowl. I've heard the seeing Primus live is a great show, and I, oh, yeah. I believe it. Do you know any of the other stuff? Is it like this, or is it uh, Jerry was a race car driver. Um, too many puppies. It's, it's all, it's, this, you know, it's worth looking into, I'd say. Well, Primus, go uh, ahead the, you know, they're, they're their own thing. I mean, that's why they've survived this long. That band will, I, I feel like they're going to be able to work for a while. Like the of, cockroaches. Just yeah, they're just, they're just going to be around. <laughs> they're just going to be around. All right. This one with. With you needs no introduction. This is my favorite song on Dookie. Okay, hold up. Okay, it's it's bubbling. The water is bubbling. The water is bubbling. And you decide, I'm going to go and brush my teeth while it bubbles. I'm going to wait for a full boil. And so, so you go... You go and you leave. You leave the stove, but here it comes. It explodes right in your mother's face. Shit! Oh fuck! It's everywhere. Oh shit! Better clean this up before my father gets home. Son of a bitch! Call the maid. Listen to that chorus. That is one of the greatest choruses. I love this song. I don't want to hear anything. I just want to listen to it. I'm too excited not to say anything. I love this song. I absolutely fucking love this song. I'm so, ladies and gentlemen, you probably noticed that I've been swearing a little bit more uh, than, than, than usual. I apologize. Uh, don't use this kind of language in front of your parents, your grandparents, anybody of importance. Green Day. So much fun. Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, Adam, and I hear this... I don't give a shit about anything. In a good way. In a good way. You could almost say that I do give a shit about everything. Oh, yes. Yes! Can you believe that we're talking about Dookie for the third straight week? Can't talk about it enough, damn it! This was the fifth single from Dookie. I love it. So this is a year after... Listen, listen to that. That chorus pulls at me. It pulls at me, man. That's what it does. It's pulling all of you out of suburbia and into the life that you know that you want. It's throwing you in there. It's making your dreams come true. The audio files are coming through your head, explicitly creating the world you want. Whatever it is, it's in your head. And that's what you want. That's what you got from listening to that song. So... We're talking... Thank you, Adam. I'm so glad that that song was on the countdown. Uh, I loved it. I loved that I was, song. I was very happy to see another Green Day song from Dookie. Yeah, they, they milked that album. I mean, this is over a year later. You know, we were talking about two Dookie songs on the last chart. Oh, man. And uh, here's Huge she. record. 
So I remember. Here's the funny thing. The first time I ever heard that song, um, I was watching, uh, and this is way later. This had to be in like '99 or 2000. I was watching something on television, and they were perf- performing live, and uh, they start they kicked into that song, and I just I couldn't believe it. And it just Green Day, gr- Green Day. What? You keep keep talking. Well, I'm I'm interested though. I'm interested. What is oh, this? Oh, okay. This is a uh, this is Mad Season. Oh, Mad Season. Oh, Jesus. I'll yeah. keep talking about yeah, Green Day. Anyway, uh, about Green, Day. Green Day. Yeah, Mad Season. Uh, it's like a really shitty poop. You need a bunch of wet wipes for. That's Mad Season. Anyway, uh, Green Day. Just you're talking. You were talking about seeing them live. On so you're, yeah. you know, remember what I said about Man Season being depressing? Sure. All of all of the g- joy and the glee totally <laughs> sucked out by this bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have nothing more I to say. To I'm sorry. It. It's like a bunch of heroin needles inside my arm. Oh God, this is so sad. No, this you is, don't. I don't know anything. My Man Season. Y- yeah, th- here's the it here's ruined the, funny, the the Green Day. It high. did. And the funny thing about a lot of these bands, that you know, it's like they're glorifying sadness. Like, dude, get a fucking life. Uh, no one gives a shit that you're sad. Kill yourself or get on with yourself. Choose one, Lane. No one gives a shit about your heroin addiction, dude. Do heroin and then die in your apartment. Oh, sorry, you already did. So no, no, I got no sympathy for him. What a loser. Seriously. Oh, I'm so sorry. Dude, he, seriously, he had a problem. If you really cared that all these people... Hey, don't be disrespectful. You know what? Get off your fucking ass and then help him. If you cared so much. I don't care. It's not my responsibility. It's his. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. Oh, it's so great. This is shit. This is terrible. Second single from above. I'm sorry. And how many albums did this sell? It went gold. Oh, gold. Not platinum. <laughs> not platinum. Not a million seller. Eight yeah. weeks on this chart. Well, people were too busy, 20. you know, making their lives better. That was number no, two. I don't, I don't, I don't want to listen to Sludge. Sorry, it's not well, fun. Let's, let's turn crap. it down, get it over with, God, and uh, get back to Green Day. Remember how happy you were a minute ago? I loved it. I was very happy a minute ago. Okay, number twenty. Number this will be the last song. For this episode. Number 20. I'm excited. This has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Ooh. Do you know what? I detect some flange on this, but it's nowhere near as bad as with You know what? You're right. Because I've heard this song so many times and have never really noticed the flange because of how... Subtle. Yeah. I like this song a lot. I mean, it's no Mad Season or a <laughs> Monster Magnet. Sorry. Monster Magnet didn't make me that angry. Mad Season is just depressing and bullshit. Those guys can go suck a dick. I don't care. I don't care. This was the third single from Throwing Copper. 26 weeks on this chart, peaking at number one. Peaking at, oh, really? 26 weeks. That's half a year That's this chart. This is a big record, and and I I like this song. I agree. I agree with the masses on this one. I like it. I often play this song on guitar. 
I mean, when you play an, an open E chord and then that B and then F, F sharp. Great little progression. They they had a real gift with. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, don't know. I always liked that right there. And and then it comes back down, comes back down. Vocalist Ed Kowalczyk. It's bubbling right now. The bubbles are going to get a little bit bigger. Is it going to boil over? Here it comes. Not quite yet. But the subtlety of the bubbles growing but it's not a, it's not a terrible it's not a, it's not a abhorrent boil the aroma through your apartment and boiled in subtle kind and then here comes the band right here three four brilliant Give it to us right now, Ed, right now. Tell me, Ed, what is it? What does she see, Ed? What does she see? How bright is it, Ed? How bright? Is it hot? How high, Ed? Can you reach? Reach, Ed! Get angry, Ed. Yeah. You ever hear anybody talk about this band anymore? I don't. I don't really. But you know what? I hear them on the radio still. Yeah. Still hear them on the radio. They're still there. They're still there. You could. You could not discuss them all you want. They're still going to be there. I think they kind of have a similar reputation as like Stone Temple Pilots do these days. I don't know. I that wouldn't be the band that I'd relate them to, honestly. I don't know. Why, why would why why do you relate them to them? I don't know. I just um, I think people kind of you know don't give either of those bands the. Uh, the credibility or respect that, that they might, might have true. earned with a, as many hits as they had back in those days. I think you might be right. Maybe yeah. even Bush, you know. Oh, Bush does never get the credit. I mean, people people still make fun of him. I think even Dave Grohl talked a little bit of shit about him. About? About Bush. Do it for the top half. What a great, what a great ender for the episode. August fifth, nineteen ninety-five. Not a bad year indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Not a bad year indeed. My 
spiking. This crashes. is the middle spike to a wonderful decade. And this has been 40 through 20 of 1990 what? 1995. We got a long way to go, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot of things to remember. We got a lot of things to talk about. Now, may I remind you, this is not just going to be about music. It's going to be mostly about music, but we're going to be diving into movies. We're going to be diving into Legos, Lincoln Logs. Actually, I think <laughs> Lincoln Logs were a thing of the 80s, maybe even the 70s, but they stuck around. We're going to be talking about the 75-pack crayon big box that you probably got before first grade through eighth grade. If you were still doing that shit in high school, you went out and got it. We're going to be talking about skating rinks. We're going to be talking about rollerblades, all that shit. The rise of GoldenEye, Nintendo 64, Mario Kart, and your motherfucking ass. We're going to be talking about all that kind of thing. Ladies and gentlemen, 1990 what? It has been a pleasure as always. I am your host, Michael Kruzleski, my co-host, Adam. Adam, tell the people good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Adieu.